Well, welcome to Spiral Hour, a podcast about belt. And what is belt? Belt is a genre of entertainment, typically anime, that doesn't just move you, but punches you in the face. Hard enough to make you want to rattle stars. So before we get into the meat of the season, we're going to grit those teeth and run through the logistics. I'm Tim. I'm one half of Spiral Hour. I'm joined by my bro, Daniel. Take that new Hello. microphone for a spin. Introduce yourself. Yes. Hello. I am uh, I am Daniel, as he introduced. Um, yeah, I just got a new microphone. Uh, if you listen to the previous seasons, I was running off of a uh, just a headphone microphone, and that was not uh, ideal. Right. But but what is past is prologue. Yes. And now we're we are, at least we're on equal to footing. Meat. Yeah, and we're at least on equal <laughs> footing audio wise. You've got the newer mic, but I have the older one that was the slightly nicer model. And apparently, according to reviews, that's the same thing. They just changed the housing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So yeah. It's it's kinda like <laughs> if uh the the uh what would you say? The like the Dodge Avenger if like the next mm. one was just the old charger with a different body built onto it. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. We're going to talk about this season. Uh Dr. Stone Stone Wars, which is the second season mm-hmm. of Dr. Stone, and we're going to go through from the beginning the Attack on Titan anime, which mm-hmm. I have not I, I have seen I would say maybe half of the first season overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm completely caught up. You're completely caught so. up. Okay. Is it finished yet? The final season? Nope. Okay. It's nope. getting there. I, I think they just, re- I think that was episode six and they're doing 16 episodes. Okay. For season four. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all right now, we are not going to be caught up with attack on Titan by the time it finishes. So I'm going to have to be vigilant and avoiding spoilers, but it mm-hmm. was one spoiler that made me want to try it again. I've told the story on, previous seasons but mm-hmm. this this is kind of gonna be a, a a soft reboot of sorts you notice we don't have a subtitle for this one like we did for season three poor right. old season three man just couldn't catch a break <laughs> i mean it just like one thing after another i love how oh my gosh I, I i love how it was like all right we're gonna commit to just watching new anime and then <laughs> all of the new anime were either barely existent or just super disappointing for that or or it got like a wrench thrown in it because of freaking oh like, yeah the Roni. and the yeah. world pandemic <laughs> so yeah that <laughs> happened and uh we we're just like well you know what maybe we should be also be able to, to watch old things in case <laughs> so we've got dr stone starting up mm-hmm. and ooh, i i can't wait to get into that but mm-hmm. the reason we're doing attack on titan the way we're doing it <laughs> is to, uh, well, let's just be honest, it's to kind of give us some padding in case we need mm. it. Because with breakers, yes. <laughs> we absolutely needed it. needed it. We were out there riding a bike with no helmet, and, uh, <laughs> it, it, and then a freaking train hit us. <laughs> okay. I was going to say something more along the lines of, there were like, I don't know, a lot of low-hanging signs or something that we kept riding into, but a train hit us is more... More accurate. I like that one. It's more satisfying. (laughs) It was so fitting that Breakers ended on something that we found ultimately disappointing. Oh, my God. But that's in the past. We got the future now. And specifically. Things are looking up. We've got we've got a few thousand years into the future. 
mm. being Dr. Mm-hmm. Stone. And the pop-off on this one was just seeing everything back, hearing that score, yeah. hearing the characters interact and talk again, because, God, it feels like it's been an eternity. That was season it one really, when we covered like, Dr. Stone. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I think I think my pop-off. So our, our pop-off, our, it is what it sounds like. It's yeah, I know. Like it's the, the moment. It's the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, when you're in there. But uh, for for me, it was like, it was when the music was swelling and it was going across oh. like their roadmap for for uh, the freeze-dried food. <laughs> and it was just like, oh. There ain't nothing on this planet like a Dr. Stone music swell. Yes. <laughs> There's just... They they use them at the exact right time they need to. Oh yeah, and yeah the and the, you, the road time <laughs> for those new devices. Uh, I think probably my favorite moment of kind of like you know everyone getting reintroduced and stuff like that was mm-hmm. when Kaseki hulks out <laughs> and like <laughs> his clothes burst <laughs> off because he's excited for the new project. Oh gosh, freaking Kaseki! Like oh my gosh. It, it, it's so fun seeing these characters again. Yeah. Like, because of just how well they're characterized. Right. And uh, something uh, that this show has is just totally unique. Like, it's it's not like it's necessarily missing from anything else, but mm-hmm. it, it can't be found anywhere else. And we talked about this when we first started watching it because we were like, all right, this this podcast is going to be about stuff like Gurren Lagann. So everything's going to be super action packed. There's going to be a lot of like pro anime. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But like with this one, it was like, oh, science, we're going to be making stuff and we're going to have a bloodless siege. And I'm like, okay, Everything about this execution it's getting me just as fired up as Gurren Lagann does. Yeah. Like when uh, in this in this most recent episode, when he was talking about the bloodless siege, it, yeah. like every single time he said, like, we're not going to kill anyone. It was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like there's there's not there's going to be a, a an overwhelming defeat, but mm-hmm. no one's going to die. Which is like but there is that tank in the intro. <laughs> yeah. So that <laughs> intro is is uh, dangerous mm-hmm. because uh, there is one thing in there that I'm like, what is that supposed to be? That that could be something, especially in like the sequence of events that it goes through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail in case some people don't want to see that and don't want to read too much into it. But it's the part with Yuzuriha kind of on her knees. And then okay. right after that, you see uh, Sanku kind of getting back onto his feet. And I'm like, oh, God, don't don't be doing me don't like do this. It. Don't do it. <laughs> but th- I mean, that's what the the trailer or while well, I say trailer, there was like a preview more like the preview leading into yeah. this season was kind of implying there's somebody's going to get the real dead. Yes. Well, and there's already been some real dead, specifically Sukasa going on a genocide spree to a spree of what was it? Anyone over 18? Something like that. It's something just which obscene. like <laughs> it's like, bro, you got to have a bigger window than that. I mean, there there's a lot of 22 year olds that are totally infantile. You'd love them. <laughs> 
Like they're they they aren't the the cynical evil adults you think they are. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of Gosh. you know uh, children. And every single time I I see it happen, like when he, uh, like when it flashes back to when he punched the head off of that statue guy, and like you can see the statue like the freaking like arteries oh yeah the neck meat that like it like weirds me out something fierce yeah well uh i've I've, so but that kind of spooked me at the start where i was like oh no is this a recap episode it does have recap at the start but it Mm -hmm. doesn't go through every painstaking detail just to fill up in episode one and there's like a uh there's a weird complacency coming from, uh, I guess, viewers that I see where mm-hmm. it's like, well, if you just get it out of the way in episode one, then that's better because in the rest of the season, you can just have real episodes. I'm like, first of all, you're accepting that it's necessary at all, which I don't think it is. Right. If you're why no. would you jump in on season two if you didn't see season one? All of this stuff is yeah. available on streaming. This isn't like back in the day where. We needed to catch you up on the whole show before showing you the next 20 minutes because chances are you'll never you, you couldn't have caught it before and you'll never catch a rerun. Right. But these days, I don't think you have to do that. Like it, it's you could get yourself caught up by the millions of YouTubers doing recaps, really. And then episode one doesn't have to be used. You know, it doesn't have to be gotten out of the way. And also, I'd yeah. say episode one is one of the worst places to do it. Like episode one comes after the long wait from the previous season. It's like, okay, I I want more now. Yeah. If there was, if there was any trend that I wish that somebody would set when it comes to a recap being mandatory, which I I don't think it is like you. Um, But if, if they were to do it, I would want them to release it as a separate thing yeah. outside the regular release schedule as a preview as like before yeah. the season officially starts i mean here's the that's recap what dr stone did yeah it already did it so <laughs> and it still had more things like new things in the episode yeah that's why this is super crazy weird i actually think uh maybe we should have just done the recap all, it's okay done all this recap stuff in the preview instead of having any new stuff in the preview so the mm-hmm. episode one can just be all new yeah. Uh, maybe they could do something like, um, what is it? Uh, there's like comics are doing this thing where they used to do, you know, issue one, but now there's an issue zero. Mm-hmm. And like issue zero is, is all, it, it, issue zero is basically just an exposition dump. But then yeah. the problem was, then people started adding juicy stuff to the episode zero, making it required and making it basically issue one with an exposition dump right so yeah (laughs) this all the monkey's paw always curls one finger but issue negative one is gonna be the next big thing (laughs) god i someone's gonna do it someone's gonna try it It, it's gonna start (laughs) off as a joke it's for the meme guys right i did it for the (laughs) meme but yeah uh so the, the, there's a little bit of recap, and I don't think it was super necessary. And it is a classic, super tropey device where it's like someone is telling the story to some children, to the youth, right? And it's like I this just adds nothing. I'm sorry, but luckily, yeah, like not even 
a tenth through the episode. It's all new stuff from then on. Right. So if it, it, it's it's so, there's something so magical about this show and showing you the process. Well, not and even it just makes the process amazing. I like how it shows the process and it and it's like showing these mundane things, but those mm-hmm. mundane things are literally like world changing. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it's just kind of plainly stating in a really, uh, how would you say, like just just academic way. It's like, nope. Uh, turns out not everything's bad. We can actually fix it, and this is how. Just follow the instructions. Yeah. Like, I really like that thing that it has going for it. Like, that specific form of presentation where it's just like, uh, no, uh, actually, Data says uh, it's, it's going to be okay. In fact, it's going to be better than ever. <laughs> it's like, sorry. Yeah. So I know you wanted to mope, but uh, uh, just not in the cards. <laughs> I mean, I, I keep thinking about that uh, <laughs> that thing that you shared a while back. Um, the if if the situation really was hopeless, their propaganda wouldn't be necessary. Oh, mm, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, exactly. Like, and mm. I mean, that's Sukasa. He needs people to think that this is better. Like, no, 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 right. no, no. Ca- caveman is better. It, it's better. Return to monkey. Like this. <laughs> this is better for everyone, guys. So stop. Don't get. Don't. Don't get uppity. You don't want the future. You don't want your cell phones back. You, you don't want modern medicine. You know, it polio's fine. Like, like you, the human race existed after polio. And it's like, but, but Suki, my boy, it's because of science. It's, it's because we, we improved things because we made the future. Right. But yeah, it's like, uh, uh, well, and then if the propaganda doesn't work, he has good old fashioned violence <laughs> to enforce it. Yes. Yes, he does. He can friggin break your head before you're alive, you know, alive again. Everyone's favorite handsome genocider. Sukasa. <laughs> he's finally back. I've missed him. He's yeah, he, seriously he showed up like at the very tail end of season one. Yeah. And, and I know we're going to finally get more of him. He sort of mm-hmm. disappeared for a good bit in uh, the first season. There's that man. The, the opening episodes of season one feel like a different show. Mm-hmm. In that it was just uh, Senku and three other main characters that we've barely seen since. Yep. And it was like a whole dynamic like it, like that was a whole show was here's the the rival and the villain here's the best mm-hmm. friend and here's the best friend's uh love interest who is like his main motivation yeah and there was a uh i mean like they successfully in those first few episodes made you care about uh taiju and yuzuriha so that when they didn't show them for the rest of the season, you were like, I need to know they're okay. I need to see them. Yeah, and I was expecting we were going to get like a like a parallel stories thing. Like it's going to be jumping back and forth. But mm-hmm. I'm glad, at least assuming it pays off, I'm, I'm glad that they've not done that. That it's just been Senku's right. perspective. Which is funny because it started off with Taiju's perspective. Like the opening of the show mm-hmm. is from Taiju's viewpoint. And then at some point it 
goes back, does the prequel from Senku's perspective, and then it's stayed there ever since. Right. And uh, here's the thing. You, you could do this, but I wouldn't be excited for it. You could do a thing where you do that again, and you jump back to Taiji's perspective and kind of get us caught up on everything that happened in the Tsukasa Empire while, you know, we, we were seeing yeah. Senku start the Kingdom of Science and get all these new characters involved. You could do that, but I'm not as interested in that. I'm actually just interested in maybe getting a, a quick recap as to how mm-hmm. uh, Sukasa and Yuzuriha sort of kept their head down, but I don't think it's yeah. super important. Yeah, and I mean, we're we're kind of going to get that already between what we already know from what Gen has told us. Yeah. And uh, we'll probably get at least some sort of an exposition <clears throat> dump. When I hope it's not a dump. They but yeah. reunite. Um, I, so I would I would really hope that they wouldn't just dedicate like an entire episode or two or God forbid three to <laughs> just catching us up. Yeah, I, I don't want that to happen. I think a lot of people want that to need. happen. But yeah, there's no need for it. And what's more interesting is what would happen after the fact. So mm-hmm. if we were going to do uh, like, OK, if there are some important events, then like if there's some important events that sort of lead into what's going to happen after the fact mm-hmm. just do it in the quickest most painless version possible i i don't like really want the sort of cinematic retelling from the other side what's going to happen because it's just not going to be as exciting yeah. especially since at this point either we're going to get it before the the kind of resolution of this upcoming conflict, which would be horrible because it's like, oh, I've got to go through all this again to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the Darksiders method of storytelling, which is like, well, before we resolve this, we're going to start you completely over from the viewpoint of another one of the horsemen. And it's like, I will never play another one of these games. And didn't they do that a third time? Uh, I think Darksider. Well, I don't know for sure. I, I kind of stopped caring, but Darksiders 3 has, uh, it's from the perspective of Fury, but it isn't before the apocalypse. Mm. It isn't before or during. I think it's after. Okay. Not 100% on that, but if you did it right before they they have the siege, then mm-hmm. it would be like, okay, so now I've got to wait longer for this thing that I've been waiting for and you know here was all the build up we're going to do it it's like no now we have to do a prequel uh, which is something that shows like Naruto do a lot which I've been <laughs> trying to complete I've been trying to go back through <laughs> and I notice this is a thing it does it brings you somewhere interesting and then it gives you this character's entire life story spends at least one episode giving you their entire background uh, and then you know, finally yeah. giving you the fight, but it's like, I would have just liked the fight. I was, it's like, it, and here's the thing like going to a theme park and them sitting you down in a class about like how the theme park was founded <laughs> before they let you go ride all the rides. This is like, that's like, exactly freaking care. That's exactly I, I, what it they're is. They're here now. Yeah. And also I'm already sold on the fight. In fact, you know, I am mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, I wouldn't be willing to sit through this stupid prequel. <laughs> 
Like, because I know, okay, get back to the thing that I want to see. Like, uh, um, it happens in uh, the point in Naruto Kai where I'm rewatching. Uh, for the for mm-hmm. the people listening who, you know, have seen Naruto, the part where Sasuke is about to fight Itachi. And it's like, oh, yes, finally, this fight. And then it goes on the whole backstory, the whole detailed backstory for Sasuke and Itachi again and why he hates him and why he wants to kill him. And it's like, bro, I know he wants to kill him. You already told me a million times before. I don't need to see it from a hundred new angles. <laughs> and It's like, no, you really need to know. And the crazy part is, is in that fight, it's a, it, like the, the, the Sukiyomi for the people who know. Gives you the same recap again as an attack. He's like making Sasuke relive the trauma. And it's like, why did you? This would have been better if you were going to do it. But yeah, like that's the worst time to do it. But another terrible time to do it is after the arc is completed, like after the fight. It's like, oh, Mm. let's let's look back on what led up to this. It's like. It turns out it's not necessary at all. Like it really isn't. In fact, like maybe the only time. Okay. The only amount that is okay is when you have something like in Gurren Lagann where they have that flashback to show things from Kamina's perspective before Mm. going into that battle Uh, and hearing, you know, what Kamina thinks Simon is to him. Cause so far it's all been, you know, from Simon's point, Simon's point of view. So Kamina is, you know, that impossibly competent older brother who can do no wrong. And then, you know, you get the context that, uh, the fact that Simon is watching is what makes Kamina able to do that stuff. Cause he's like, I know that he's mm-hmm. going to keep going. So I've got to like, I've got to inspire everyone else to be like him. Yeah. But it's done really quick. And it's like effective. It's like, okay, the most efficient way to do this will just so this part, this part, which everyone's going to recognize and remember. And that'll be all it takes. So I'm, I'm gosh, I'm so freaking excited for the current log on. Yeah. And now here's the thing you would wonder, okay, why are you expecting Dr. Stone to start doing this kind of stuff that other lesser anime tend to do? Uh, it's because the season is called Stone Wars. And according to a co-worker of mine who has read the manga, he's like caught up with it. So he's already seen all of this stuff. Hmm. The Stone Wars arc per se is incredibly short. Like it's barely an arc at all. And they named this season after it. So I'm like, uh, oh no, oh no. Are they going to, is it going to be filler? Are they going to stretch this thing it. out? Oh. I hope that's not the case. I hope it's a situation where it's just like you wanted to give it a stub, a subtitle. Stone Wars is the arc that you're leading with. And it sounds super cool. So people are going to be interested. Yeah. I hope that that's the reason. I think it's great reasoning. But if it turns out now we had to take that short arc and stretch it out into all this, it's going to be like Quantum of Solace, which is that short story for the Bond stories mm. that they stretch into what is still the shortest Bond movie ever. But it's still... Oh man, it's a slog. It's like there's so much filler in Quantum of Solace. I can't it's even like, remember what happens in Quantum of Solace. Barely. I remember that dude gets the, the he like gives the dude the oil canister at the end. That's like all I remember. <laughs> yes, and that was a good scene. But there are three aimless chase scenes that go nowhere. 
in Quantum of Solace. Hmm. They're just there to fill up runtime. There's one in cars, one on a boat, and then one kind of on cars and on foot. And it's like, wasn't there one on a bike? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right. Well, that's kind of the. Oh my gosh, were there four chase scenes? Anyway, uh, <laughs> it, it was also telling that the Quantum of Solace game, ironically called Quantum of Solace, the one that is less beloved. Wait, is that what it says? What? It says Quantum of Solace, the one that is less beloved. No. What? <laughs> you. You said the one that is actually called Quantum of Solace. No, I said ironically. It's ironic that it's called Quantum of Solace because Casino Royale would be the game that sells better because the point I was getting to was the first two-thirds of that game are just Casino Royale from start to finish. And then the finale is Quantum of Solace because Quantum of Solace is so freaking short. Oh, I should actually say, no, no, no. It starts off. Oh, God, it does the horrible anime filler thing that we're describing. <laughs> this is perfect. The Quantum of Solace game. It starts off with the opening scene of Quantum of Solace and then does flashback for the entirety of Casino Royale before coming back just for the finale. At some point, you just got to wonder, why not just make Casino Royale? How about this? <laughs> why not just make an original game? Because... I, it worked with everything or nothing in Nightfire, and those were brilliant. Mm. I think uh, Bond video games should err on the side of original stories, mm. uh, unless it's Goldeneye, which is a movie that was so loaded with action and set pieces that it's like, well, this is already a video game. Why did we even make the movie? <laughs> like, it's, it's telling that the game is the one that gets a high-budget remake. Mm. So, yeah, uh, that's why I was concerned that maybe this could happen with Dr. Stone. And I'm just going to say before it sells me on it later, I don't think it's a good idea from the start. I think that's a bad place to start from is no, we need to let everyone know exactly what happens. I'm like, just just say it. Just tell us. So here's my thing on show versus tell. There, There could be a such thing as too much show. Like. When we already know everything that you're going to show us, say for yes. maybe a couple little details. Give us those couple little details. Love, love. <laughs> it's same. It's it, it totally safe. <laughs> drop it in some dialogue. Just drop it in. It's okay. No one's going to get mad. Mm-hmm. Like if showing us versus telling us leads into wasting weeks of time just mm-hmm. to just to get us some little bit of information it's not worth it yeah and i mean it, it also leaves a bad taste because people are just waiting for the thing that they're waiting for which is whatever's <clears throat> next in the case of dr stone i mean that's where that kind of this show's meme came from where it was like i mean i'm a broken record but i just want to see what happens next it was dr stone right. was the thing that got us to say that every single week yes so, and, and Dr. Stone kind of thematically is, I just want to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Like every, everyone in the kingdom of science is like, they get hyped up at whatever new invention is like, whatever massive like problem of staying alive and living like to, to humanity's potential, what's going to get solved next? Yeah. 
I don't even like I don't remember there being a an episode that we were underwhelmed with. There was one. Was there? And it was on the condition that we thought it was going to be something else. Mm. Like uh I like, like what okay. Was the context. I can't remember the context. It it was the explanation as to how Senku survived the blow to the neck that Sukasa gave him that was supposed to kill him. Okay. It was the episode that basically explained why that happened. And I couldn't shake the feeling of you kind of did write yourself into a corner, even if you you've been setting it up. Like hmm. they show here was the setup for this whole thing, but it also kind of full kind of kind of felt like they, they pulled it out of their butt. Like yeah. just the rock being at that exact specific part. And they're like, in order to get Sukasa to attack that specific part, Senku would always rub his neck. And I'm like, yeah, okay. well, <laughs> it's OK. I don't love it. But that's the one time I can remember. <laughs> uh, ever since then, I haven't had those kinds of issues with it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so did you did you have a uh, oh yes I did a, a battle cry I did <laughs> uh, and it okay. ironically came from Gen and it came really early and it was where he went here we go again yes <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's going to make something else that impossibly should not exist in this era and that being space food <laughs> or I guess well, astronaut so food but yeah I'd read it as like, here we go again with the completely unrelated <laughs> stuff. Like, how does this have any relation oh. to what we're wanting to do? <laughs> well, he kind of <laughs> says after the fact, after he says, here we go again, another impossible <clears throat> invention that cannot exist mm-hmm. in the stone world. Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, just, you know, the here we go again of we're going to make thousands and thousands of years of progress right now. That is which is incredible, like <laughs> an incredible feeling. Yeah, that's like that feeling. That's the selling point for me for Dr. Stone is that it's like we've accomplished all of these <clears throat> amazing things. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we know better now means that it wouldn't take as long this time. So it's yeah, I, I like the <clears throat> the perspective that like assuming that not every single person got wiped out. You could, you could backtrack to a degree that would make it to where we aren't starting from square one again. I mean, even just knowing how to make fire is already a big like leap ahead. Like we're, we're already not, not starting at, uh, you know, human progress. One Oh one. We, we get to skip that one. Let alone freaking water wheels and vacuum tubes and exactly. telephones. <laughs> and I, I think it's kind of like, uh, you, like you could say, okay, Senku's memory is superheroic, and the mm-hmm. fact that he knows how to do the, all this stuff is something that a superhero would have. Which, fair enough. Same deal with like Sukasa's strength. I mean, the oh, yeah. the dude punches out a lion, a fully grown male lion. <laughs> That's his introduction to us is he comes to and punches a lion so hard. It like carries it through the air. So 
there is some some superheroic elements, but I think the the author's point kind of shines through anyway because it's kind of saying, "Well, yeah, this is why I'm trying to tell you this is important. Like this mm-hmm. is something you're taking for granted. But if we if we lost it, say, knowing this stuff means you wouldn't just be starting from square one. You had, wouldn't have to go without necessarily." At right. least not for too long. So I think, you know, the the issue with it's like, well, the this is unrealistic is oh, it's to, to sell. It's to, to what do you mean? Uh, or what do I mean? I should say hammer the point home <laughs> where it's like, yeah, I'm trying to convey that this is important. You should care about this. You should get excited yeah. for this. Also, I mean, the whole world got petrified into stone. So <laughs> there, there are going to be some unrealistic elements. <clears throat> My dude, weirder things have happened. So <laughs> already, but yeah, you make, uh, you make a point. Uh, so, okay. Did you have a battle cry? You didn't say yours, did you? I, I didn't, I didn't have one. I, or well, I, I didn't have like one line in particular. No, I it was many, just, he says, I, each character just has such like such an emotional response to the things that are happening on screen that it's just, it's so hard not to get just swept up in the moment. And I definitely didn't take any notes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. No, but you're, you're okay. Because while I was watching it, I I was noticing this. I'm like, Oh yeah. The, the bar for Dr. Stone is kind of through the roof. Like Mm. in order to get a specific line, from Dr. Stone that kind of sticks with you. If you took any one of them and put them in a more mundane show, they would stick out like a sore thumb, but there's so many, it's just one after another. And like just the way Senku talks about things Mm -hmm. sounds like he's trying to hype you up for something like the whole time. I mean, the 1 billion percent thing that and also the this is exhilarating yes like that like, kind of th- that the way he's written makes it to where almost everything he says could stand on its own as a battle cry so it's hard yeah. to find one that kind of sticks with you and then there's the fact that we've already had the the standards set so high for the previous episode of dr stone because we watched I mean, the previous season, because we watched a whole season full of episodes full of this crap. Like, I remember right. early on, I was in disbelief. Like, we used to say that Taiju was a quote machine. I'm like, yes, this, you freaking was. But this author is a quote machine. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just one thing after another. So it's it's understandable that you can't really find one in particular. But in, mm. uh, so I'll say another one that I liked okay. was. You know, it was when Chrome was explaining, well, now that you've told me, I'm going to be an accomplice. So let's mm-hmm. all go to hell together in the name of saving lives. So so how did you, how did you feel about that, uh, about that whole plan? Because it kind of leans into our, our not necessarily coercion, but it is deception. Oh, it's absolutely <laughs> deception. Yes. But it's. uh it's deception in the name of sparing lives, which the enemy mm. is not going to spare. Mm. Like you're faced with, this is where I'm like, yeah. Okay. So, uh, dece- like lying to the other 
side's army of where you're going to be in a battle, I don't think that's immoral. <laughs> True. That is, yeah, you've got a point. Like, you're trying to minimize loss of life. So, And I think it's also really interesting that they're like, I, I, I do love that they're saying, um, you know, they're going to hate us later. Mm-hmm. Like, they're very, they're very understanding of the fact that deception is bad. We're going to hell. <laughs> but, but, but also they can hate us, but they will only hate us three and we will save everybody. Well, and also you're they're going to hate you because you gave them false hope mm-hmm. when otherwise they they could have been dying in battle. <clears throat> So that's true. And also, if they were to be turncoats, Sukasa would cut them down. Right. So exactly. So you kind of have to have them going off of deception like they, they can't actually know what you're up to mm. because it would endanger them. So it's a it's a situation where they are at war. So the rules are you've established a little bit different in war. Mm-hmm. And uh I mean, the alternative, here's the thing. I'm convinced that Senku knows he can win mm-hmm. without this strategy. But this strategy is more insurance that people won't die. Yeah. Like, Senku is convinced he's going to win the the extra condition that he also is confident in. But, you know, it, it's beyond the victory. He, ba- he, he thinks he's going to win. But then the extra one is it will be a bloodless siege. No one's going to die. Mm-hmm. Someone might get hurt. He says this, but he's going to make sure, you know, he said, we're not killing anyone is the thing he said. And then this one is the extra insurance beyond that, which is w- we can say for sure. No one's going to get killed. It's just I'm going to look like a heel in the process. Yeah. And I mean, he he already look he already looks like a villain, <laughs> right? He kind of likes that too. He likes the mad scientist perception. Uh, also, man, Gen has become a character where every time he's on screen, I can't wait to see what happens. Oh yeah, he's like he's the best kind of conniving, just like yeah, he's a really he's a really likable schemer, and mm-hmm. so far, at least. For like uh, the, the the kind of lead up from the end of of season one and now in season two, they've built him up to the point where now every time I see him kind of taking center stage in a scene, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Like something cool or interesting is going to happen. Yeah, and at first it was like I'm worried that he's going to turn. Yeah, but now eventually, it's like, no, he's definitely not, dude. That moment in season one where he got his soda. Oh, yeah. That was like (laughs) the the fact that uh, he basically told Senku, if you can deliver on this impossible thing, then, you know, you'll you'll have my undying loyalty. And there it was just with that little with the little driftlets going down the side. Yeah, the condensation (laughs) and the fact that he had like at that point he had just accepted it's not going to happen. It's just not doable, mm-hmm. and that Senku's kind of letting him think that, mm-hmm. and then he walks into that room, and there it is. <laughs> and like he was already kind, he was he was already sold to stay. Yeah, but it was just it like was, the oh, extra mile. It's so well done. It was like he, he, the the early condition laid out was here's this unrealistic thing you'll have to do to get me on your side, and then the all the mm-hmm. long story process of him eventually just you know he's on his side, he's accepted it can't happen, 
but then the agreement is still followed through on. Gosh, yeah. man, I this is written so well. And, and save for that I, little bit at the start, I think this episode was paced brilliantly. Save for the recap, yeah. which was kind of like, eh, it's not really necessary. The way they're they're slowly revealing new details and the fact that mm-hmm. it isn't just Sanku knows everything. We're just waiting for him to tell us, which was, yeah. I think, where the pacing got a little bogged down in the previous season was, well, we're just waiting to hear what the actual plan is. It's other characters that are now, you know, kind of fe- that, that those are the best moments in season one was when a character in particular, this happens mostly with Chrome and Gen kind of mm-hmm. provides some kind of input that Senku didn't think about. And it's like, Oh, we, we can do this then. Like we can do this instead. Yeah. Those are the best moments. Because it's you can, you, you start to see the symptoms of the infectious nature of growth. Yes. The, <laughs> yeah. The infectious nature of growth is a good way of putting it because, uh, it starts happening more mm-hmm. as you get to the end of season one. It's less everything is coming from Senku's bag of tricks and more. This is now a kind of ebb and flow of ideas coming from all of these other people who are going to have different ideas because they're different people, which is kind yeah. of the central conceit of progress in science in that science is not settled because we didn't have this person to think about it from this angle yet. Right. So and I'm hoping this person is also living with all of these other things that they can just use. Yeah. Th- these new things that they can add, add to the mix. Uh, and season two, starting off with Gen providing the big devious extra insurance that will ensure it's far less likely people are going to die, like giving them mm-hmm. one or like yet another, a massive advantage. So oh, I'm so freaking psyched. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's funny. I like how it moves the goalposts to make you, uh, to make you care. Cause it would be one thing if, if the goalpost was Senko has to beat Sukasa's like the, the kingdom of science needs to beat the Sukasa Empire. Mm-hmm. You're convinced the Kingdom of Science can do it. They they would mm-hmm. win the fight. But the goalposts are moved to where we don't want anyone to die, even from the other side. And, and it yeah. makes it to where it's like, oh, anyone dying is now going to be like rightfully a tragedy, even if it's from the other side. So right. I remember when we were worried that he was going to be or like a Senku, Senku was going to be a Mary Sue, like nothing would ever, ever go wrong. Mm-hmm. It's almost like with a Mary Sue, if you move the goalposts enough, it, it isn't a, <laughs> it isn't a problem. They've established he right. isn't a Mary Sue, but even if he still was and he was the only one with any of the ideas, they're making it so they're making the conditions for victory so much higher than they need yeah. to be that it it pulls you in like like I'd, if you give a Mary Sue impossible goals, <laughs> then it will be perfect. Yeah, it's perilous. It's like, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of why Superman needs to have to save the entire universe, because it's the only time that he's interesting. 
Mm. Uh, oh, shoot. Where was I going to go next? I totally had a path and I think I've lost it. I've lost my way. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, sparing lives is mm-hmm. the goal. It's not just winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end there, they kind of say that they're going to get what's her face on their side. That Lieutenant, that's like the, the gymnast or whatever. Yeah. Did uh, I hear Did I understand name? that right? Saying that he was going to get them going to get her on their side before they go for the attack. I, I didn't, uh, cause I didn't that's what that I up. saw. That's what I got the wording as, but I wasn't totally sure. Cause it seemed a little, uh, it seemed like a word salad, those subtitles at that point. I was like, wait, what's yeah. the plan? Why are we blowing up sonic bombs? Yeah, I think that the sonic bombs was literally just to divert. I don't think I I didn't pick up anything on like we're gonna win her over with this. Because remember they gave her so, cotton candy. Yeah, they did. They did give her cotton candy. Literally gave the spy who's keeping an eye on you for the enemy army gave them a snack as a gift. Gave them a snack that does not <clears throat> exist in this world. Right. That's that's the important <laughs> thing. Gave them a snack that they can't get anywhere else. Ooh. We'll give you ramen. <laughs> See, that doesn't exist. <laughs> right. It's like uh, the deviousness. There, there's always like a, an angle that they're working, but yeah. it's still yet for the greater good. Oh, God. It's, it's so likable. It's so fun to watch. So you should feel, we get in? You feel at times that you're watching a villain, but it's just like, but you're doing good things. I'm like, yeah, no, th- this is a Bond <laughs> villain with with more than just good intentions, right? It's like he's actually accomplishing the good things while being <laughs> megalomaniacal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the many selling points. I think that was kind of the pitch from the start because I remember looking at the poster and thinking. Either that's a bad guy <laughs> or this is going to be different. Yeah, I am so glad that you saw that poster, too. Yeah, that was the thing that made us try to begin with. I was like, oh, that was cool. I should give this one a shot because otherwise we wouldn't have watched it. Like, well, I mean, at least we probably wouldn't have covered it or tried covering it on this show because at the time we had the idea of what we were going to cover is going to be, you know, action stuff. Mm-hmm. This has so little of that, but yeah, the parts where it has it, it's pretty good. And I haven't heard very many people talk about Dr. Stone. Like That's aside from the people that me. I've introduced it to, like introduced to it. What's weird to me is that it seems like I'm, I'm seeing two different stories being told about this. Like mm-hmm. for season one, I never heard a word from anyone mm. about this. I didn't see any anything about it online. There weren't any like memes that were made for it. Yeah. Uh, the the people that I talked to who watched anime, you know, had never heard of it. And it was kind of hard for me to get them interested in it just because once again, you know, they watched the kind of stuff that I thought we were going to solely be focused on. Right. <laughs> but then the other day before uh, this premiere happened, for season two, I, I mentioned that I was looking forward to this and that coworker was like, Oh, you're on the hype train. <laughs> and I was like, yep, I can't wait. So it was I, like, bro, I've been on the hype train. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. And it's like, that was the first 
kind that was the first time where someone else was already watching it and was also mm. looking forward to the same thing. And then when I when I opened up Verve to uh, watch this new episode, I go mm-hmm. onto the Crunchyroll page. I'm scrolling down. I don't see it anywhere on the like the featured list. But when I get to near the very bottom where it says most popular, it's second only to One Piece. One Piece being the most popular thing of all time ever. So I'm like, okay, that's encouraging. But why was nothing talking about it up top in the featured section? Crunchy yeah. roll. It's, it's got this weird double life. <laughs> I don't know. What a rush. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm once again, I it's it's the thing we say it every time with Dr. Stone. I can't wait to see what happens next week. Uh, do I'm we, so glad to say it again, baby. Yeah. Do we want to run through the pillars <laughs> for this one? Yeah, we can. Yeah. I mean, we might as well. Like, we, we kind of should. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, like I said, sort of a soft reboot. <laughs> so we got. That's true. We got the four pillars of belt that we go through. Yep. Uh, and it seems to be so far. I mean, we, we've had to change it at least once. So we we've had to change it. We've added. We've amended it's essentially what we're our our formula our our recipe for what we Mm -hmm. think makes a show in the genre puts a show in the genre of belt right so the first one which i I mean they're kind of in no particular order Um, yeah we just kind of cover them in a order so i mean just from a kind of premise perspective dr stone can't help but be about a potential Yes. Like that is that is essentially its message. It's trying to beat into you is yep. with with these methods, you know, humans can literally like we, we, we reach space like he's telling mm-hmm. cave people. I, I like look at what's around you now. The same humans can go to space like we're capable of that. Yeah, that's and still the premise. So, yeah, I mean, it, it falls under that. Until it changes its premise. And he's also saying, like, the situation always has potential. Like, there's never a situation that doesn't. Even when you're starting off from square one. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like how you get more of this in season one when he's kind of laying all this out. Uh, But like I said, I mean, it falls under this, assuming they don't do a weird hard left turn, which would just be bad writing. Yeah. But he basically says it's inevitable. Like, this is going to happen anyway. Yeah. Whether he ushers it forth or not. that That's like, those are the, the, the points where he's, you know, he reveals that he's actually kind of humble. Yeah. Because it's like, all of this stuff, or most of this stuff was done by other people and was done before me. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's literally just saying, like, I, I can make it happen quicker. Yeah. But it will happen. Exactly. And, like, Sukasa's goal, his futile goal, is to keep it from ever happening. And it's just not going to work. It has never worked. Right. And the cost is that he just murders a bunch of people. So, like, right. you're killing tons of people. To try and in keep, vain. yeah, to, in vain, and and you're trying to keep society from becoming worse, while actively carrying out a terrible, murderous society. Yeah, 
So, uh, yeah. And it, yeah, it's in vain. So, like, it, it isn't even worth the the the, the depths that you're sinking to because it's going to happen anyway. You can't stop it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, absolutely potential. I mean, as far as legacy, episode one of season two touches on it again with, like, the flashback to his dad and, like, him being able to show that he was able to make uh, ramen space food. What? that? No, okay, that was a good flashback. There was no dialogue. Yes. There was no nothing. It was super it was quick. Just, mm-hmm. it, it, it told the whole story with the actions and the facial expressions, and it... It, it gave me warm feelings. I miss his dad. <laughs> <laughs> that was. God, man, that was one of the best side stories I can think of was when and the like, show just became about his dad temporarily. And the freaking like the emotional well that it had. <laughs> yeah. And, and like leading up to Senku, you know finding the secret his dad left behind mm-hmm. oh, yeah <laughs> everything about Who's that bums? little that little prequel arc is a tearjerker basically oh, yeah. from start to finish so it's very effective and now they laid the groundwork they literally just have to show a a hazy short image of something mm-hmm. from the past and it <laughs> reconnects to that so uh yeah definitely about the legacy Sanku is his dad's legacy, which mm-hmm. remember he adopted him. Like he's not his, his father by blood. He mentions that. Hmm. But I had forgotten about that. Yeah. Because, because they look very similar. <laughs> well, they look similar in their hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other similarities I think are really, they come down to just the art style. Cause I remember thinking, Oh, they have similar eyebrows. And then I noticed everyone has really strong eyebrows in the show. <laughs> so, uh, it's kind of just the hair and it makes you think is Senku imitating his hair because no one else's hair really looks like that. that I mean Senku's dad is like peak dad yeah I mean you would want to imitate him <laughs> if you could uh, but yeah uh, d- yeah just when, th- when they brought it back to that singer mm-hmm. I mean that's a big plot point but when they Lillian. brought that, that back, I, I yeah, Lillian, I, I remembered the whole the whole Senku's dad arc and was just like, oh, God. Yep. So, yeah, definitely legacy. <sighs> Big firing on all cylinders there. Oh, yeah. Legacy and potential. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we got tragedy and sacrifice. Well, and- I mean, they those three make a sacrifice at the end that they're like, we're going to be the hated ones that gave people yep. false hope in the name of saving lives. So instead of sacrificing lives, we'll sacrifice our reputation. Yep. And uh, I mean, OK, Batman. <laughs> like That's the Dark Knight. Yep. Uh, <sighs> Tom Marks. On that one, I would say, like, even though it's a deceptive thing and, you know, Mm -hmm. deception shouldn't be the primary way of going about things. The overall goal is not deception. Right. Like he's trying to inform people. He's trying to show them the truth. He's also saying that 
the truth will get to them. Like yeah. they will be told the truth. Yeah. And they'll be really, really mad. And they, we're not gonna keep it from them. Yeah, and they will they will like it it's funny, you think why does he okay, why is the ultimate goal to not kill people? Well, the whole reason they're going to have to have this conflict is because he doesn't want people to die. Right. Like that's why him and Sukasa are opposed because Sukasa doesn't care if he has to kill certain people. So it, it isn't yeah. that we're going to go to war, but I don't want to kill people because of reasons. It's like, no, the original goal is we don't want to kill people. Like we want yeah. to save every single human because, well, first of all, we are humans, so we probably should. Right. <laughs> but uh, second of all, He's like that world comes to be like like the the world that he came from all of that stuff happened because there were so many humans who were sharing information and mm-hmm. uh having different experiences in order to find some some new way to make things then you know better for everyone yeah so his goal is not to just survive and beat Sukasa, it's to save all of those people that Sukasa yeah. is. Well, first of all, murdering, but second of all, keeping under him, like keeping them down. He is holding them down. Yeah, and and uh, Senku also realizes that you can't overthrow a ruthless regime with ruthless tactics. Yeah, it's not and how it works. Still maintain the trust of the people. Yeah, we're kind of recapping all the conclusions we talked about in season one now. Yeah, surprise recap episode. Yeah, oops. But I guess it bears repeating. Uh, and then we won't have to do it again after this. That's true. <laughs> so I think uh, in in the in the episode, we definitely get... Or no, we... Yeah, we get all three. Because you get the, the potential. You get the, the, the sacrifice is head mm-hmm. on. Um. God, what's the other one? The legacy. Yeah. The legacy. You get legacy potential and tragedy. Yeah, you, you get the callback to that. Uh and I mean cooperation versus coercion, maybe that's also more of just a overall show thing. Is there much to do with that in the episode itself? There's not uh, really a I clear would, example. I would say so. Um, oh. Because like one, they're using all of their individual talents. Like, I mean, th- this is also a theme that was carried on from the original well, or from the first season. I think when I say cooperation versus coercion, I think it's when there is a deliberate distinction drawn. Oh, like there's okay. a deliberate line in the sand. And what I think is I funny is that the people who follow Sukasa? some of them, you don't get the feeling they're doing it out of fear. Like, he mm. does inspire a lot of those people. Yeah. But uh, I guess the point I was making is that we don't get shown directly an example of it in this episode, so maybe it's not particularly pre- prevalent because the villains aren't prevalent in this one. Yeah. But once we start seeing the actual like ideologies clash. Yeah, that's going to come front and center, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But as far as, as far as this episode, like actual examples of the pillars, we at least got three out of four. And I mean, we know previous seasons 
the fourth one was a big deal. So, right. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Stone is built. I mean, it helped. It helped write the code for what yes. is built. So, yeah. It, as weird as it is, there's Gurnlog on, there's Kill a Kill, and then there's, there's freaking Dr. Stone, Stone sitting right up there among the Pantheon. Yeah. It's like, I guess you have to have the nerd. You yes. got to have the nerd somewhere. <laughs> it can't, it can't just be, it can't, it can't just be jocks and bros. <laughs> so yeah uh does it set your soul ablaze absolutely also i can't believe we went a full hour just talking about the premiere episode of dr stone we're supposed to talk about the first three episodes of attack on titan well speaking of tragedy (laughs) (laughs) yeah We're Mm going to need to go quickly with Attack on Titan because I actually have to leave kind of soon. Uh, Gotcha. Okay. We unfortunately had some technical difficulties we had to work out at the start, but. Right. That was due to the microphone that I had set up. Well, it was kind of just due to new technology, new equipment. You got to figure out how it's all going to fit together. But. Right. So Attack on Titan. I don't think it's probably any mystery why we would watch it. It's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, After I had watched a good majority of it. That was um, when, yeah, that was when you told uh, me, hey, I think this is Belt. I said, yeah, and I was like, and if it's not, I think there's a good conversation to be had about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at the very least, which I mean, at, uh, we also want to watch things that just miss the mark so we can describe how they miss the mark and why. Right. Like what we did with listeners. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, moving on to the now. So uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of talk about them as a chunk. Episodes yeah. one through three, which are the fall of Shiganshina part one and two. Mm-hmm. And um, Humanity's Comeback, Part 1, which I think mm-hmm. off the top of my head is what they were called. I didn't write it down. That sounds correct. But the pop-off for me is Hiroyuki Sawano's incredible score. Good Lord, yes. It's like it's unreal. Like, and this was his first kind of breakout into being the rock star he is now. I mean, that isn't to say he wasn't already a rock star. I mean, he has a bunch of solo work and albums and like different projects. He does like Mm. rock and electronic and he's worked on tons of stuff before Attack on Titan. But Attack on Titan Mm -hmm. came before Kill a Kill, Promare, Xenoblade Chronicles X, like before he did all of this other incredible stuff. Yeah. Uh, And to this day, I think this is still some of his best work. Uh, I, I shouldn't say that, actually. This wasn't his first one that put him on the map. He did the score for uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn. That was oh, where... which I have not seen. Yeah, I, I heard a couple tracks from that because it showed up in my uh, YouTube music playlist just because it knows hmm. that I like him. I was like, oh, yo, this is good. What is this? And I looked at it and I was like, here, Yuki Suwana. I'm like, ah... All right. He he can write some real heart pumping orchestral stuff. My word. Yeah, it sets the tone. Oh yeah, like and like it's just this grand horrifying but heart pounding adventure that it's selling you on. Yeah. Which I think is 
strangely enough, not what was selling me when I first tried to watch this show. I've said this a few times before, but Mm -hmm. what I was going to watch it for was the kind of impossible struggle of humans against the apocalypse. I was thinking this was going to be something more along the lines of just a post-apocalyptic story and showing, you Mm -hmm. know, the scraps of humanity left just barely getting by. I enjoy things that aren't belt. I, I had no, uh, um, what would you say? I, I had no hangups about this not yeah. being the specific genre. I was going to watch it for that. And then when it turned out to not be that, I was actually kind of off put, which, you know, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But this score is absolutely selling you on something more than humanity just surviving the apocalypse. Yeah. Like the score from the book of Eli would be more along the line with, yeah, man, there's nothing left. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good score though. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's incredible. Like it's one of my favorite film scores ever, but the Ross. Yeah. But like the, the mood is totally different. Oh yeah. And uh, watching episode two, where he's, you know, it, he kind of describes when the Titans appeared, what's been happening up to this point, and, you know, pushing humanities to the brink of extinction, and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. humanity has been fighting a losing battle until, and then that score <laughs> comes in, and it shows yeah. the the intro, and it's, you know, it, uh, uh, the everyone knows which song I'm talking about. <laughs> it's Attack on Titan OP1, which <laughs> kind of became a meme on its own just for, yes. for how rousing <laughs> it is. And it's like, uh, yeah, it, now everything changed when the humans attacked. <laughs> uh but the, and yeah, just the score itself is my pop off almost every time because now it's yeah. inescapable. I can't help but watch the entire intro every time. It's going to be one of those shows, I guess, until they change the intro and I don't like the next one as much. Mm-hmm. This one, I, I I can't skip it. It's too good. And it's a good I, tone I end setter. Up skipping it. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I think I have a harder time doing that than most mm, people. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, oh, you, you just can't skip it. I'm like, no, I think I can't <laughs> skip it. And I actually think it's a good way of uh, kind of not countering, bringing context to anything that happens after the fact. Because mm. my good golly goodness, this is a downer so far. Oh, yes. <laughs> like uh, that first episode it is really what got me thinking it was just going to be post-apocalyptic because it is just terror from start to yeah. finish. Like it is terror, terror compounded on top of terror. Like, and I don't know if this was episode two, but uh, when it's still, you know, the, the point when they're still kids yeah, and you know, it, it's them trying to escape and the armored Titan shows up Ugh. and rams through that gate it's just like god we weren't already get a freaking break yeah (laughs) we can't get a break things are just getting exponentially worse and it's like it's so much i like how it's established this is so much worse than it was and it was already horrible like the moment the colossal titan shows up it's like this is already cruel insult to injury and now it's just going even further Yep. And then once it starts talking about, you know, when they retreated back inside of um, 
of the next wall and they're like yeah they were already struggling with famine it's like oh you're freaking kidding yeah and it was like there was a deliberate design flaw to make sure not everyone can make it in the in, in the case of an evacuation mm-hmm. because we already don't have enough food to go around so yeah i mean it's it's terror layered on top of terror yeah so i like having that intro in that song because it's a good it's good at giving you context which i think i was missing on my first watch through because mm. the kind of show i thought i was getting maybe it makes sense if you're just watching the, you know just the, the the episode itself and you're skipping the intro with mm-hmm. that intro it doesn't line up like it just it doesn't add up the math makes no sense because unless the intro is straight up lying which i know now that it isn't but the intro selling a different show than yeah. barely struggling at the end of the world. And you start to see inklings of that show by about episode three. Yeah. Uh, the the Which kind is of the cadets episode when they're like, um, yeah, they're it's, it's the training train. montage. Mm-hmm. Which everybody, I love a good training montage. God, I love them so much. I actually I, I found out. I don't remember when I learned this. But I learned that I can be sold entirely on a training story. Hmm. Like the end can be graduation. Like I'm sold on that. Like if you just if you wanted to make a movie like Rocky, you could fit an entire the entire movie in the part where he's just getting himself good enough to enter the fight. And I would be satisfied with it. There's something about that. I like it so much. So and like not even have the fight, just the the lead up and then like the movie closes on him walking into the match. Yeah. I I mean, you could do it in like the context of a military story, because that's basically what episode three is. And I think it stands on it stands on its own because it Mm. it establishes Mm -hmm. the problem early on. The thing that you that for some reason, like, like, you know, he's the only one having trouble with this. Why is he having so much trouble? And it it's devastating everything that he's said he's going to do everything that he's trying to set up about himself you know right. all of his goals in life are being completely outdone by the fact that it turns out he's just talentless and yeah. it's like oh my god and then the whole episode that follows kind of compounding on that mhm and then the way it ends and the fact that this one has like a full cast of co-stars to go along with him. Yes. And it's so like, it's so weird. It reveals watching. a sense of humor in episode three. Oh, yes, it does. Which does not exist <laughs> in the first two episodes. It, th- no. There is no humor, no comic relief in the first two, which is why I think Attack on Titan is in such a better place when there are other shows around it that are also good. Because if you Mm -hmm. just had Attack on Titan episode one and two to go off of, I don't think you would want to continue watching unless you're someone who kind of enjoys that kind of stuff. Right. Episode three is more broad. The freaking potato. Yeah, potato girl. The potato. (laughs) That's it's such a weird bit to have run through the entire episode. (laughs) Uh, You know, it has the. The, the iconic scene from so many good, sad, tragic things, which is 
the sergeant coming in and giving all the new recruits a hard time, creatively mm-hmm. insulting them. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is great. I love this. Uh, like, there's a a, a fantastic like the the go to example is Full Metal Jacket, but my favorite personally is in uh, Hacksaw Ridge. I still have yet to see that movie. I don't know why I haven't. Uh, dude, it is overwhelmingly good. Uh, and when I say overwhelming, you you will get overwhelmed while watching it. But Vince Vaughn oh. plays the, uh, the the drill sergeant in that one. Really? <laughs> there are so many good lines that come from him. <laughs> I can't see Vince Vaughn doing that. Okay. Oh, man. Really? Have you only yeah, seen no. his comedies? I have. <laughs> He's a freaking good dramatic actor. Really? He's excellent. Vince Vaughn has, like, I, I had that same impression of him when I had only seen his comedies. But mm-hmm. now that I've seen the other stuff he's worked on, uh, he, he's one of my favorite actors. I, I put him in my top five, personally. Interesting. Okay, I'll have to check out more of his movies. But yeah, um, Chavez is his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chavez is the is the sergeant. And he uh, he reveals the comedic side to things, mm-hmm. which then just runs throughout that entire episode. And yeah, that potato joke coming up like three times in, in yeah. different contexts. It's just it's just a device. It's basically prop humor at this point. <laughs> but uh, also also other little bits of humor, like the dude who has given Aaron a hard time. <laughs> Like, yeah. immediately falling in love with Mikasa. <laughs> like the, and then seeing the, that they're friends. The, or the rubbing on the, yeah. the back. And he's like, what did you rub? Just my trust. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really funny. It's not just, it has comic relief. Like, the, the comedic timing. I don't know if uh, if it's this director, which I can't remember his first name. And it's unfortunate that his... Uh, family name is is Iraqi because that's the Jojo guy who is known as just he's known just as Iraqi but um this director not not manga Iraqi he will henceforth be known as anime Iraqi he's, he has great comedic timing mm-hmm. like the dude's just firing on all cylinders he can direct action phenomenally well which the the opening scene of episode one of like you know kind of uh, showing the omnidirectional gear and how this how no. this works, and like like that scene in the rain of them finding that Titan, and then at the end of episode three, which is why I think this is a great three episode chunk, even though it ends at a part one of something, you get to see Aaron flying through the air like you saw them in the beginning of the first episode, and yeah. it's like yes, he's gonna make it, he's gonna do it. And it ends at that freeze frame of him, like, mm-hmm. picking up in momentum. Mid-air. Yeah, midair. Gosh, he, he's great at directing action and that kind of feeling of, of like, moving through the air, which is, like, obviously going to be important to this story. But then right. uh, he's great at comedic timing. He's great at just, God, the dread and hopelessness. Like, he's great at those things. Like, yeah, when like uh, the moments that the, the freaking... Um, titans are like peering over the buildings yeah and, and like obviously like oh god obviously this is adapted from a manga but mm-hmm. manga doesn't have to deal with the issue of time and right th- the amount of time the 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 stop and go and and the time that he'll spend on just a shot 
like a, a, a an upsetting shot of a Titan looking at someone like he'll just hold on that. And, and the Sawano score just doing those low droning like like bass like uh, when uh, I can't remember the dude's name, the blonde dude that, uh, yep. you know, is, is drunk at I the can't start. I remember his name off the top of my head either. He's a great yeah. character. He's he's written and acted so well in the dub, oh. which I, oh. I'm watching the dub just so people know. Yeah, but we're we're watching the dub so that hopefully by the time we're finished with you know episode, or seasons one, two, and three, remember no, we established this. It, it will oh, have yeah, been finished because right. it's simulcast. It's, si- it's simulcast. No, no, no. I'm watching the dub because I like the dub. Come fight me, <laughs> like. Oh no, I like the dub too. Yeah, I'm yeah, watching the dub. And I generally err on the side of first. I'll see if the dub is good. If the dub isn't good, I'll watch the sub. Yeah. Uh, and the dub or is great. If we catch up and the dub is not finished, then we'll have to resort <laughs> <Yeah>. to the sub. <laughs> well, you say resort to it like it's going to be horrible, but uh, well, in the case of Fight Dragon me. Ball, it is. <laughs> like the Dragon Ball sub is horrible. I cannot stand mm. Grandma Goku. It's unbearable. I can't take it seriously. But um, yeah, normally it's just like okay, well, the sub will be just fine then. Is is yeah. the sentiment typically? But yeah, uh, that character. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Blonde dude. He's the one that carries Aaron and Mikasa away uh, from Aaron's mom. Yeah. But when I he could, first. I could remember his name. Yeah. It, well, when he first kind of resolves to go and fight that Titan that's coming toward them. And he looks it in the eye and it stops him in his tracks. That shot just kind of panning up the grotesque face of that thing and, and the, the score and then like the reaction <sighs> Of him, like the cold sweat it's putting him in. This mm-hmm. director is just fantastic. And Sawano being at the top of his game helps all of this just feel like it's top notch from start yeah. to finish. Like you want to talk about a show that hides <laughs> its budget. Like this is a TV series. This this isn't a film. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, uh, there's so many just like mundane scenes of dialogue have these great looking backgrounds like the the detail on the characters is it seems at least above average the color and the lighting yeah the, especially the lighting is spectacular like and the deep dark uh black line work yeah like uh the, i mean they kind of talk about it this. became iconic for that yes and um studio trigger who did not do this but studio trigger talked about how important black line work is in conveying intensity. And I mean, attack on Titan is nothing if not intense. Yes. I I do have to say that the style does change as the seasons go on. Oh, okay. Um, And those, that, that deep, dark black line work does not stay. Oh, and Oh, that's really unfortunate. unfortunate. Oh, God, yeah. that's so disappointing, because that's like one of the things I love about this. Yeah, and I didn't realize how much I missed it <clears throat> until I was watching the first three episodes. And then last night, after I finished those first three episodes, I watched the most recent episode. Mm. And it was like, oh, those lines are gone. <laughs> huh, that's interesting. I wonder uh, if there was a change in director or a change in studio. Uh, yeah, I... I didn't keep up with the production of it and like what names changed. So the fact that attack of attack on Titans production 
and season to season has seemed quite haphazard, just looking from the outside. Mm. The fact that it, it's taking a while, <laughs> like like there was a long wait in between uh, season one and two. Right. And the fact that season three was shorter, the fact that there was a considerable hiatus, I believe, uh, in the middle of one of the seasons. Mm. <clears throat> Thankfully, we don't have to deal with any of that because we're watching it now. Right. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and I like how uh, the final season is being called the final season just to let you know. All right. This is this one's for Autumn Marbles. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so it's so interesting uh, from the perspective like that I'm sitting at where I I have watched all of it even though you know the spoil the spoiler I know one of them. Yes, you know one of them, but like knowing I'm not going to say which one it is in case someone's listening along and watching it right. so. But I know which one you know. Yeah. Um but that's the only one that you know, right? Yep. I I okay. I totally closed off from it after the fact. <laughs> okay. Because there are so many things that like upon rewatching, it's not like they, they've already started laying the groundwork for it, but you're already seeing like the breadcrumbs leading up to. Yes. Uh, at least for the one big spoiler, I know I was mm-hmm. watching this and being like, Oh, this was planned. Mm-hmm. Like they knew where this was going. Yeah. And the, the wording of some of the uh, the exposition or the um, we have the peace of, of the mind dialogue. of livestock. Yeah, some of the dialogue is just like, oh wow, yeah, okay, yep, <laughs> yeah. This is a pin, and humanity is cattle. <laughs> yeah, and that that is like a theme of the show, which is incredible, and what we. We could probably talk about that for a long time, too. Well, is I, that, I would you know, like when Armin says, you know, that humanity's destiny is beyond the walls. <laughs> right. And watching this, uh, watching this show, ugh, which is supposed to, you know, uh, it's a fantastical setting, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I always, because I was naive, I would watch these kinds of shows where. Uh, the virus of complacency was Mm -hmm. so dominating a population where it would seem extreme to me. Yeah. But then I look around (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, Oh, this has grown very poignant. It was already poignant, but Mm -hmm. in particular, the story of Attack on Titan is kind of like, I uh, sure hope this author doesn't turn up in a ditch somewhere uh, <laughs> with two gunshots in the back of his head rolled to suicide. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, stop trying to wake him up. Stop trying yeah. to make the rabble roused. Because, yeah, uh, Armin's like philosophy that he was explaining, which I remember. Oh, man, I remember thinking. The establishment of this trio, Aaron, Armin, and Mikasa, is so mm-hmm. much better than comparable trios in, say, Naruto. Like, mm-hmm. just having the dynamic between the three of them is so easily understood quickly and so entertaining to watch play out. Yeah. And the fact that none of them is like 
not one of them seems like they're going to be the chosen one per se. Like they all kind of feel like they're going to have a stake in this story going forward. It doesn't feel yes. like here's the character and here's the, 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 the wingman, you know, here's the, the extras. Here's the, <laughs> yeah. The arm candy, the ornaments. Exactly. It, it doesn't feel like that at any point, like from the, from the word go, you feel like Armin and Mikasa are going to be at least 90% as important as Aaron will be. Mm-hmm. Though Aaron is definitely main character boy. He is protagonist, but <laughs> uh, they definitely do a lot of work. And I mean, in just the character design where it's like to, to get through to you know, these other two are also going to be very important. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, that's just how far had you gotten in the show before we're, before we start like this rewatch? I had made it 11 episodes. OK. Uh, I don't exactly okay. remember where I left off, but I remember 11 episodes was the number. OK, I, I'm thinking that I know about where that is. And there's like, yeah, it, it really does a good job of like showing you these characters importance and then actually using them in important situations. Yeah. And, and from what I've heard, these characters stay important. Mm hmm. Um. But anyway, that was just kind of a tangent from yeah. it, it, the scene where, you know, they're kind of, where Armin says that humanity's future is beyond the walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, you know, kind of bullying, bullying him for, you know, having that philosophy and whatever. Yeah. Uh, that scene where they just kind of establish all three of them and like uh, Aaron comes in to back Armin up and they're like, he's going to come in here to get himself beat up again. And they see Mikasa Naruto running behind him. <laughs> and it's like, Oh no, the muscles here. <laughs> but yeah, like that, such a good scene to establish those three and like what mm-hmm. they are to each other and how other people see them. Uh, it, it was so likable. Uh, yes. Yes, it was. But then uh, uh, the, the philosophy that they all kind of, have a different perspective on and that like Armin is the one who thinks, you know, like he says, pacifism is, is, you know, not fighting back, turning the other cheek per se is Mm -hmm. part of his belief system. Aaron wants righteous revenge on these monsters that took his mother from him. Right. And Mikasa wants to, uh, uh, what, what am I, kind of keep the promise yeah to Aaron's mother which is to keep him safe to protect yes and it's like you can see where all three of those clash mm-hmm. but you can also see where they gel like you you see you, you can see demonstrated and you know you can just speculate these all three can kind of coexist mhm it's god man it, it's like they're on the same page, but not exactly. So it's going to be interesting. And it's really cool seeing those like once they get to the point that they're um, like joining the cadets. Yeah. Like it's interesting seeing those viewpoints and how they finally gel together in joining the cadets. Right. Yeah. They all have their own reasons for joining. And I like how it and starts. They all make sense. Yeah. I like how it kind of starts with Armin. 
<laughs> because that would be the one <laughs> where it's like, well, like frontline soldier. You sure, Armin? Yeah, I love I love Chavez's comment that he has. <laughs> Why would your parents give you such a terrible name? <laughs> like, it was given to me by my grandfather. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, episode three is kind of, I think my favorite of that I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's probably going to stay that way for a while because when I was watching episode three, I was remembering it. Like it really left an impression on me. Yeah. And the scene where he's like, he's determined he's going to do it. Like, even though he's been a, complete crushing failure and no one believes in him in him not even mikasa like she wants him to quit because she because she thinks he's gonna get himself killed he's in over his head and then (laughs) he he gets in there and he holds it for a little bit Mm -hmm. and it's like oh he's getting better and then he fails anyway and i was like oh my god what are they doing? There's no way. Like, how? Yeah. How is this going that way? And then Chavez goes up and he's like, "Trade belts," <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> "What? <laughs> what is this?" <laughs> and it shows him doing it, <laughs> and they're like, "Wait, so he was doing it with the faulty equipment before?" I love how that inspires everybody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like he goes from the butt Whoa. of all the jokes to like now he's inspired the whole unit and and he's like you <laughs> definitely made the cut and mm-hmm. then <clears throat> when he's uh looking at Mikasa and she says this is what he's really thinking is that yeah I don't have to leave you God everything is this is really well done like I know. I'm telling everyone what they already know. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Attack on Titan is a great show, but it's one thing when a show has things you like, like Mm -hmm. uh, it's one thing when you're a mark for a show, which is I I learned that is not conventional speech. That is a wrestling term. I didn't know because that is just so deeply ingrained. It's like when I start (laughs) talking about heel versus face and people are like, what? And I'm like, what do you mean? What? It's like, I mean, what <laughs> exactly? But like being a mark for something is when you're an audience member who can be sold on particular aspects, oftentimes superficial, mm-hmm. like and sold on those alone. Right. Like uh, uh, the kind of junky aesthetic of Megalobox. I'm a mark mm-hmm. for kind of that, that sort of junk sci-fi look. If I yeah. see that in something, I'm like, ooh, what is this? Like, I pay attention to that. <laughs> and it's, you know, it, it's superficial. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good, but I'm a mark for it. If a main character has a cool jacket, Tim's right there. Yeah. No, I'm a mark for it. And I mean, freaking, it's every character in Attack on Titan. <laughs> like, that's the uniform is a cool jacket. But um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's beyond that. Like... The, just the quality, the execution of the work being done. Like mm-hmm. you can just see the blood, sweat and tears going into this. And yeah. it's like the quality of the writing, the pacing, the animation, the score. Uh, it, it, <clears throat> everything is impressive. And and it doesn't stop. Yeah. Like it, it, 
it would have been enough that I was already a mark for some of the stuff in it. But mm-hmm. every everyone working on this is doing a phenomenal f- phenomenal job. At least in season one. Yeah, I I have <clears throat> to say, uh, I am not a part of the crowd that is like super pumped about season four. Okay. I'm going to be honest. Um, I've avoided everything about it. Yeah. There, there are some execution things that uh, really put me off yesterday. Oh um, no, it was CGI. Like, wasn't it? It's always CGI with you. It's always CGI with me. I'm right. It was CGI. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, it it's good. Uh, I'm not going to say too much because we'll get there eventually. Okay. Uh, but there's definitely some things that are worrying me. Is it an animation so. thing? Um, well, yeah, there's, there's some animation things, but the, then there's other like actual like story narrative things. Yeah. Like narrative things that are worrying me. Okay. Um, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, I would say that one of my favorite shots, the one that like stuck in my brain, uh, mm-hmm. from, I believe episode one used CGI. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the one <clears throat> where after the colossal Titan kicks in the wall, it has yeah. that pan away where it shows all of the other Titans coming in that same path. And it's that kind of, uh, I, I can't remember what that's called, but it's a shot that was used in jaws. Like the I- iconic, the, the dolly zoom. Yes. It, it's like a dolly zoom that's done with CGI. And I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. that was good. That was a good shot. Yeah, yeah. There, there's CGI that's used in the first three seasons that feels very natural. Um, oh, okay. The colossal titan, uh, when uh, like he he was CGI because it's easiest to do his gigantic motions right. in CGI. Um, but you know there 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 are some things that they do later on um, that you'll see the CGI looks fine. But in this fourth season, there was it was like really glaring. Mm, okay. Hmm. So well, that's why I wonder if it changed studios at some point. Yeah. Something to look into, or you know, yep. Change directors, kind of like uh, One Punch Man did. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, uh, the season two of One Punch Man hasn't made any gifts. That people have shared around like crazy. Like, look at how amazing this animation looks. And it's because they had to change directors. But, right. uh, <clears throat> that animation of the first season, though. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, pretty icon- iconic. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of scanning to see if there was a change in studio for the anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, was oh, there a- hold on. Oh. Um, wait a second. Okay, so I got the director's name, by the way. Okay. Tetsuro Araki. Okay. He directed the first 59 episodes, but he did not direct episode 60. Okay, I think we're on episode 65 right now. Yeah. So I think 
we did change directors. Mm. Uh, I'm looking for the studio. Yep, we changed studios, too. For season four alone? <laughs> Let me check. Uh, fourth season. Not much information at all on that. Okay. Um, I'm trying to look at the episode numbers. Well, unfortunately, that gives credence to my uh, to my fears or yeah. to my worry. Uh-huh. Uh, um, gosh, I really hope it doesn't freaking end like Game of Thrones. <laughs> no one wants that. That's literally worst case scenario. So obviously no one wants it to end like that. But uh, so we, we had Wit Studio who did the first 59 episodes. OK. And now Studio Mappa is handling the show. Hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Um <clears throat> That's a thing. It definitely changed studios. Hmm. But I mean, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll get uh, there. No need to get worried about that right now. This is just the first 3 episodes we're talking about, and we're going to have the next 3 next season because I think that feels like a good ratio. You, uh, next, you said next season. Oh gosh, I can't <laughs> say the right thing. Next episode. <laughs> this is a one episode season. Uh, come back next time; it'll be a new season. I think that's called a movie, but <laughs> it's a podcast, so I don't know. It's an OVA. <laughs> Wait, it's an OVP. <laughs> there we go. Original video. No, it's not. Well, dang it, it's not video or animation. So wait, original. Audio podcast is an OAP, OAP. Okay, uh, we're we're gonna wrap this one up. Yeah, uh, because as far as the pillars, we got tragedy, we got potential, we got sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh, cooperation mm-hmm. versus coercion. I don't know. We haven't really gotten there yet. We got we gotten part of the legacy too. You know. Yeah. Uh, legacy of humans, but legacy. As far as like the legacy that I know it's it's coming to, we haven't gotten much of that yet. Right. Like we've gotten very quick little snippets to do with mm-hmm. his dad, Aaron's dad. I mean, and I know that's a big deal <laughs> later yeah. on. So <clears throat> not n- not too much detail on legacy yet. But uh, yeah. tragedy. Absolutely. Sacrifice. We're getting in there. Uh, and. Potential, I mean, that's kind of the, uh, like, what Aaron and Armin are both saying is, like, we're not behaving like humans. We're behaving like cattle. Right. So, we have to fight back because our, our, you know, I guess, uh, our birthright is beyond these walls. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Definitely hitting that pillar, probably the hardest. Yeah. Anyway, I I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for what uh, for the discussions that will happen with the next. Yeah, I remember, like we said, at the at, at least it'll be interesting to talk about. So right, I would love to not have another listeners on our hands. Uh, but <laughs> you know, based it on the first three seasons, the first three seasons is not a listeners, um, ordeal. <laughs> Yeah, and listeners couldn't even make three seasons <laughs> without totally wiping out. But yeah, <clears throat> that's it. 
I yeah. I I need to go. <laughs> so yeah, so go beyond plus ultra. Do 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 the thing. <laughs> We've done that one before, and I think it's underrated. I think do the thing is underrated. But uh, yeah, man, I I swear next episode we'll have learned how to end a podcast because this one, this is the one that I that that matters. What's past is prologue. This is the one where we're going for real. <laughs> So yeah.
Bald eines Tages wird er dem Schicksal 